Welcome to the Mindful Moments for Families and Schools podcast. This is Kelly Winkler, your host. If you are a parent or a teacher who would like to have a more peaceful, calm, and centered environment, then you are in the right place. In this podcast, we will learn to weave yoga and mindfulness into your daily routines to help both you and your children be able to regulate your emotions, feel connected, and be resilient. I'm excited to share these incredible tools with you, so let's get started. Welcome back to Mindful Moments for Families and Schools. This is your host, Kelly. Today, I'm excited to have on Marjorie Onos. She is a psychologist, inspirational speaker, author, and researcher from Montreal, Canada. Her expertise is working with parents who have intellectual disabilities. In 2012, she sustained a spinal cord injury in a car accident. Mother to a 16-month-old at the time, the accident and subsequent injury gave her an interesting perspective on parenting and disability. Marjorie believes that focusing on our strengths of character can lead to living a fulfilling life. With her family, she learned to be a solution finder to make her world more accessible. Her memoir with Lessons Learned will be published in 2022. You can follow her and listen to her inspirational speeches on her social media accounts. On Instagram, she is Ninja Marge, M-A-R-J. Welcome, Marjorie. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. So Thanks. happy to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. I'm so um, excited to talk with you and for everybody to learn uh, your story. So why don't you start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah. So I'm a psychologist. Um, I've been a psychologist for over 20 years now. Um, I'm also a single mom by choice, meaning that um, I took the path on my own from the get-go. And uh, my son just turned 11 um, a couple of days ago. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, apart from that, I'm a fairly normal person just going about my business um, every day and trying to look at uh, the beauty in, in everything around us. Well, I'm... Welcome. And I um, am so interested for everybody to hear because you have a really powerful story about a life-changing event that occurred for you. So I'd love to get into that and, um, you know, just tell listeners all about that experience and then to find your journey from there. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, yeah. So I said that I was pretty normal, but yes, there's something that uh, happened to me that's pretty uh, incredible. Uh, certainly when it happened, I couldn't believe that it was happening to me. I've always thought of myself as someone um, very caring, who took care of other people. Um, being a psychologist, that was a bit sort of like what drove me to that profession. And one of the things that I really liked about psychology or one of the field that I, I gained expertise in was working with parents who have an intellectual disability. And it's important to for me to mention that because the event is that um, when my son was 16 months old, I was in a car accident 
a really, really bad one, actually. Um, I thought I was going to die in, you know, a few minutes before I'm packed. And I asked to live because I wanted to live, um, to be there for my son. I didn't want to, you know, make him an orphan in a way. Um, and, you know, my prayer got answered in that I didn't die. Uh, but I didn't realize that other things could happen. You know, that death is not the the ultimate um, that sometimes, you know, severe injury happens. Um, and that wasn't on my radar. And um, that's what happened to me. So I sustained spinal cord injury in that car accident. Um, I actually uh, thought originally that I had lost all sensation and capacity for movement from below my neck to, to my toes. Um, which obviously when I realized that in the car, I got super scared. Um, and, you know, once more, I sort of prayed to God or prayed to the universe or what, whatever um, to give me back my arms. I felt like if I had my arms, I could at least hug my son and I could hold him and I could, you know, do this parenting on my own. Um, from a wheelchair if I if I had my arms and I and I know like moms who are quadriplegic and who do like a fantastic job so I'm not saying that I wouldn't have been able to uh, do it if I didn't have my arms but certainly um, having them um, made it easier for me to to be able to raise him and, and gain back some autonomy which I mm. desperately needed. Wow, it's really um, an incredible story, and just um, the power of of you, in that moment. Um, I'm sure everything was happening so quickly, and but at the same time, uh, you know, I think I imagine in my mind. I I had chills as you were talking, but I imagine in my mind as I as you were telling the story that things were almost happening in slow motion for you, even though it was probably a very short amount of time. Yes. Uh, I think it, it, oh my God, I think it happened in, in less than a minute for sure. Uh, right. And yet when I talk about it and if I were to give you all the details, it's, you know, a monologue of 10 minutes um, because there were so many thoughts rushing through my head. And I was definitely, you know, like some people will say, Oh, you see your life flash by. I didn't really see my life flash by, but I certainly had like an internal conversation with myself in terms of like, you know, today's a good day to die. I'm okay to die. And then sort of going to like, think of my son and I'm going to make him an orphan and I don't want that. And, and I had sort of that dialogue, I said monologue, but probably a dialogue within myself in terms of like what I needed to do to, to survive and make this, Mm. Uh, life-changing event not as terrible as it could have been I guess yeah and it just really highlights for me something that I I talk about often on this podcast that just the power of our thoughts mm. right and you know that um, it's incredible that you were latched on to first let me let me survive for my son to be here for him and um, you know sort of focused there for a moment until it got you to the next place and then to like focus on having the ability to use your arms it it really just as I said highlights that that um, ability that we have to really focus in on on a on a certain thought to help us get through 
yeah, many different scenarios that that could happen. In particular, the the accident for you at this time, yeah. and and that's really a, a powerful tool that that we all have. I mean, what you're saying just relates so much, um, you know, or resonates with me because, um, I mean, I said I'm a psychologist, but I'm a psychologist in in the therapeutic, uh, you know, cognitive behaviorist type of, of field. Um, and so for us as well, thoughts are like incredibly important because thoughts will lead, you know, or influence our emotions and the way that we react to, to problems and situations. So um, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing. I've, I've gone down this whole journey myself of, of thoughts in this past uh, five years uh, be, because of life events that have happened, um, you know, with my family members. And it really was eye opening for me when I realized, um, you know, the power, the power of thought. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really an, an incredible, incredible tool. So from there, what, what happened next? Oh, what happened next? Um, the first month was very gruesome. The first month was in the hospital and I felt, oh my God, I felt the most dependent on people, which I didn't like very much. Obviously someone who makes a child on her own is someone who's, who thrives at being independent. So all of a sudden having all these people sort of care for me was uh, ugh, very uncomfortable for me. Um, I was also in a lot of pain and I also sort of realize that uh, surviving the accident was not the hardest part of my journey and whatever laid in front of me was going to be Um, and just surviving every day was going to be the challenge because really every single day every time I woke up my first thought was um, why didn't I stay in the car and that thought was related to like basically why didn't I let myself die Um, because it was so tough. I couldn't take care of my son. I was in the hospital. Um, I couldn't move. I was like, I had surgery that first day. So I was like in in incredible pain. I couldn't even like transfer onto a wheelchair on my own. So I was basically bedridden. Um, And I was like, well, I mean, I asked for my arms. Great. Now I'm in bed and I can't do anything with them. So how am I going to to survive? And, And Thomas reacted. I mean, the first five days I refused um, for him to come to see me because I thought uh, he's going to get so scared. And it's my nurse who could see that my morale was going down and down, who said to my mom, she needs to see the reason why she lived. If she doesn't, she's going to die on this hospital bed. And so my mom brought my son and obviously what happened, um, what I thought would happen, happened. My son basically started oh my God, like wailing and just crying overly. Um, Everybody heard it on the floor. Um, He was trying to climb over my mom's shoulder to get away from me. He was so scared. I mean, I was hooked to machines. There was tubes coming from everywhere. And obviously I couldn't care for him. I couldn't like pick him up. I couldn't make it better. So it was very like difficult. And so it became very difficult for me. And I cried and I yelled at my mom and I said, get out of here take him away, um, you know, and, um, and then my mom came back after she left with him. Um, she gave him to my dad and she came back and she said, I don't care what you say, but every single day, this boy is going to be in your room until he feels comfortable to mm. be with you again. And that's how it's going to be. And that's my decision. You can't do anything about it. And so she did. She, 
she, you know, brought my son every day. Um, it gave me a purpose because every day I sort of knew that at least for that five minutes, I needed to, to be okay or to look okay for mm -hmm. him, right? So that he wouldn't be scared. And so at the beginning, it was five minutes, but then it became 10 minutes and then became 15 minutes. And so I learned that way to sort of like show a good face and to show like I'm doing okay. Um, it was a survival thing. So definitely it helped me survive those months and then rehab. I was five months in rehab, so still internal. Um, my son still being raised by my parents in my house, um, which, you know, my parents, thank God for them. I mean, they're so um, amazing. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, man, I, I, in French, we would say, like I'm you know I'm in a boat and I'm just like rowing my boat and it was like really hard rowing mm. um there was a lot of like current and I needed to just figure it out and it was it was somewhat difficult and um I went back to work very rapidly because I needed to have some sense of normalcy um I was able to fake being okay for um a few years I faked so well that I even sort of had convinced myself that I was doing okay. Um, and then something changed at work and I lost that role as well. And um, that just like led me to major depression and sort of delayed post-trauma after that. Wow. I mean, the strength, I can't imagine. I, I, first of all, um, a beautiful story of support there from, from your parents and um, your mom to sort of see past, you know, what, what you were saying to her and sort of see what you really needed, um, you know, to be for, for your son to be with you at least for that short period of time every day and um, incredible strength on your end to, to be able to do that for him. And, and then ultimately really for yourself. Yeah. You know, it's really, it's something so powerful. And, and I knew when I had decided to become a mom, how much the love of a mom, you know, sort of the mama bear, you know, how much, like how strong we could be as mothers. And I knew that because I had seen my, my cousin uh, fight cancer for four years. She had given, she had been given six weeks to live when she was given the diagnosis of cancer and she lived four years. Mm -hmm. And every time it was because, you know, there was one more milestone five weeks away or six weeks away, um, you know, of a celebration with her children and it was really all around the, her children and mm -hmm. her story inspired me. And I said, I want to experience that force, that strength. And that's what led me to becoming a mom and making the choices that I made to, to become a, a single mom. And so, you know, that was my quote unquote cancer, my accident. It was sort of like my challenge, just like she had hers um, and I, I felt in a way as a tribute to her, to all mothers, I needed to just step up to the plate, just like I had seen. Um, mm. Obviously, you know, I had great um, mothers around me that had shown me, just like my mom had shown me, because it was hard for her. It was hard to see yeah. her mother so depressed all the time and so struggling. And yet, you know, she was like, she was strong for me and her when I needed um, her to be. And she made the decision that even though she, 
you know, it was against my will. She made the decision that um, just like you said, you know, sort of made me come out uh, or gave me a sense of purpose every single day. Yeah. Um, so motherhood, like we're, we're powerful. We're pretty mighty. It is a powerful, powerful thing. I, I recently spoke about this um, because I, I was speaking about struggles that my my daughter was having and um, some mental health struggles. She was diagnosed with OCD and this was uh, five years ago. And I, I talked about in, in me having to step in and uh, advocate for her and support her through that really, really difficult time, which was one of the hardest times for our family. I also in doing that found healing for my own self and my own anxiety and my own mental health struggles. Um, as I, you know, I never stepped up fully for myself until I had to finally step up for her to, to guide her. And, and then I found that I was finding healing for myself yeah. in that. So that, that mother child relationship is uh, I'm just such a powerful place. Very um, powerful. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's incredible how we can, we can be there for our children, but then in other ways, they're, they're there for us and we can yeah. learn from them. And it's, it's just amazing. It makes us step up to the plate. Like I said, you know, like, yeah. and I have a similar story with my son. He was diagnosed with um, high intellectual potential or, you know, sort of gifted and mm -hmm. um, with a lot of anxiety as well. And it was last year, you know, when the pandemic started and, and we started being confined, I kept telling him, Oh, you need to breathe. You need to do your yoga like you're because he couldn't do obviously he didn't go to yoga class anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, like telling him like to breathe and to relax. And then all of a sudden he turned around and he said, Well, you you mean I need to relax like you are? And I went, Oh shit, he got <laughs> me there. <laughs> right. Yes. And, then, yes. and then we started, you know, doing meditation together and we started doing gratitude journals together. And we, you know, because because he caught me and it was sort of like, okay, I get it. If I, I have to basically become the adult that I want him to become. And so I have to really model the behaviors that I would like him to, to have. And I, and I need to give him the resources and the practice of the skills that I find are like important and that will help him go through challenges. Because if there's one thing that's true in life is that we all will go through challenges. And so my role as a mom was to, or is to give him the resources that he'll need to be able to go through those challenges. And when I realized that last year with the pandemic, um, I think it made us flourish as a family um, because we started doing things that are good for our mind mindset and for our, um, you know, hearts and souls and, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing when you can come to that realization and it really can change the, the whole path and, and the whole household um, in a way that is, is just amazing. Mm -hmm. So, so when you, when, let's go back a little bit, when you were, it got to this point where you had lost your position at work and you found yourself in that depression, how were you able to turn that around then? What, what were the tools that you found or? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it took me a, a few years and then, um, I don't know, as part of, you know, my psychology sort of licensing, 
I heard or saw sort of something about positive psychology. And I was very like intrigued because um, one of the first things they offered in rehab was psychology support. And I had gone to see the psychologist um, that was working at the rehab and I fired her, I think it was quickly after the first session. And um, I fired her because I felt like my life was dark and I would go to her for that hour and she would make me talk about the darkness. And I was like, I don't want to talk about the darkness. Like if I have one hour, can you give me one hour of light, mm. of hope, of beauty, of like something? Can you like give me something that I could hold on to? Um, and she didn't get that. And that's okay. I mean, you know, we don't always get, and she was a new in, in this world and, and maybe, you know, um, anyways, maybe she got it now. But um, when I heard about positive psychology years after that first meeting, um, I went, shit, that's what I needed. That's mm. what I wanted. I, I needed someone to tell me, look, you know, what you're going through is horrible and it's unfair and it's shitty and we could stand here and sit here and cry and yell and whatnot. Um, but it's not going to make you go further. It's not going to make you go forward. So we need something else. And the beauty about psychology, positive psychology and the science of character strength is that I learned that all of us, we have 24 character strengths that are sort of in us, in all of us. And I know that it's all of us irrelevant or independent of culture, um, where we live, um, faith, um, you know, like anything, everybody has that because the research that's based um, on the character strength is pretty much a research that had been done through, through the world. It's an international um, research based. And basically I realized as I was learning about positive psychology that my top strength, the one that I use the most is called love. And to me, that was a revelation because I felt like a failure. I felt like, you know, in the car, I had survived because I loved my son so much, but I didn't realize how love was a strength and that it was actually by holding on to the love for my son that I managed to you know, prepare my body and my mind to survive that impact with the truck that was in front of me. Um, you know, and then after that, when I asked God or prayed to the universe to have my arms back, well, that's a strength that actually is my lesser strength or was my lesser strength at the moment, uh, which is spirituality. Yet I used it because I needed it at that time. Um, and then when I, you know, um, when my arms came back because I, I felt like uh, I couldn't move them. And then I started moving uh, them after asking for to have them back. I realized that when I said to myself, now you have to stop moving altogether because you could make it worse. I used the strength of prudence. Um, and so I could all of a sudden re like go through everything that I went through from, you know, the before the impact to, you know, the impact itself, the after the hospital, the rehab. And all of a sudden I was narrating my life where I could see 
where I had used my strength. And to me, it meant if I'm using my strength, it means that I'm trying to do something about it. I am not hopeless and I'm not helpless. And when I was in major depression, that's how I felt. I felt hopeless. Why am I doing all of this? It's not getting me anywhere. And helpless, like I've, you know, this shit happened to me and there's nothing I can do about it. And so learning about positive psychology and character strength, all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, no, I was never hopeless. Well, maybe hopeless, but I was never helpless, you know, because I did things and I did things to get out of it um, and to get stronger and to survive. And that was very, very incredibly powerful for me. It is I mean, it's so fascinating and it's so, I'm, I'm so excited by this topic because I am just, I, I think it's so important that we sort of give people knowledge of this because this is, this is, can be so empowering for, for adults and it's, and for children. And I think mm-hmm. so often we focus on the lack what we're not good at or what our children can't do or what, where they're falling behind. And this, this concept of this character strengths and the positive psychology is so exciting to me because I think if we can get the word out about this, then people can realize like we all have these strengths within us to use. And some, some have different strength than others and more, you know, like you said, the, the spiritual one was less than your loved one, but you were still able to access it. And, and it's just so amazing. And it's just, it's just an incredible way to flip the Mm -hmm. script, right. And, and look at things from a very different and very powerful way, rather than looking at where are we lacking? What are we not good at? And what do we have to improve? Like, let's look at our strengths and and then use them to, to our benefit. Right. Yeah. And to me, what was also empowering was that concept that they're all in us. We can all access it, but we can all um, learn to use them more. So For example, like if I take spirituality, uh, you know, I said that at the time of my accident was my, like the strength I was the less used. Um, So she was, it was at the bottom of the 24 strength. Um, Yet, as I learned more about mindfulness and meditation, especially, you know, in the last two years with the pandemic and so forth, um, when I retook the test, and I'll tell you a little bit about the test after the survey, I, you know, I realized that spirituality had uh, gone up in terms of like how much I use it. So, you know, it wasn't the 24th strength anymore on my list. It was sort of higher up. And so you learn and you learn because you use it. And so if there's a strength that you want to use in particular, then you find um, an action or something that you um, can do to, to support it and to strengthen it in a way. Um, an example of that would be, let's say you want to be more kind. Well, maybe you could give yourself a goal this week and say, I'm going to write one letter to one of my friends and just tell them, you know, what they mean to me. And that would be one way of sort of strengthening your kindness strength, because you're actually doing something, you know, just Mm. like that for someone else. Um, And so there's many different ways that we could say, or, you know, we could 
um, look at perseverance and say, well, this week I am not allowed to uh, let go. So whatever I, I do something, let's say I'm walking, you know, cause I want to walk my five miles. Well, there's no way this week I'm allowed to uh, stop before I did my five miles. And you give yourself this challenge. And of course it has to be a challenge that you sort of know is just a little bit further out of reach that you could sort of reach it. Um, and then you, you, you make goals like that, that are smart and specific um, for you to, to attain. And it's very easy to do and it's very concrete as well. And I think also, cause with Tama, uh, my son, I've, I've talked to him about character strength and he also did take the survey. Uh, we identified his strength. We use it constantly. And often he'll tell me, Oh, that's your love strength, mom. Right. Mm -hmm. You could sort of like spot it in me and just like I could spot it in him. Wow. And that makes very positive conversations in our house. Yeah, I love it so much. We're going to get to, I want to talk about that in a minute about how you can, how parents and teachers can use this uh, with the children in their lives. But first, um, you, you talked about it briefly for a minute, but I want to talk about how you think positive psychology and these character strengths are linked to mindfulness. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, you could find everything that I'm talking about on the uh, VIA Institute um, website. Um, and um, it's interesting because at the, the VIA Institute, they have actually a mindfulness-based program that's linked to character strength. And so both of them, you know, um, support and, and um, strengthen each practices in a way. So when you're, you're mindful, when you're aware of the things that are around you, um, but also aware of what your own strengths are, then it's, um, that's how you could strengthen your character strength and sort of find those, those um, exercises or practices that you can do to basically build on it and learn from. Um, and then as you, you learn or as you use your character strength, um, well, that's how you can also sort of become more mindful because you're focusing or spotting those character strengths in yourself or in others. So it's very linked, I find. And um, the, the mindfulness program that I took there, um, you know, again, was very powerful because it was very linked to something that was concrete, that I could do, that I could change, that I could modify, that I could learn from, um, even if it wasn't something that I used, you know, uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, when I was when I was reading a little bit about it, I, I felt the same way. I was like, oh, wow, this is really linked to mindfulness because you have to be aware mm -hmm. um, of internal and external in order to find those those strengths in yourself. And and so it really goes hand in hand. It felt like to me when I was when I was reading up on it and, and reading about it. So mm -hmm. that is really exciting to me. And um, I think. <laughs> makes it accessible, you know, to, to everyone, yeah. you know, and to give like, um, maybe an example, that's a bit more concrete. Um, it was very difficult when I came back home and, and all of a sudden I had to co-parent, um, with my parents, my own parents. Um, so one, it was difficult because I, I thought parenting was going to happen on my own. 
So I wasn't going to have to negotiate. Now, mm. not only do I have to negotiate with other people, but I have to negotiate with my parents who, you know, sometimes raised me in a way that I didn't necessarily want to raise my son. Um, and so, you know, there was a lot of frustration. But when I got to learning about the strength of teamwork and leadership, those are two character strengths that do exist. All of a sudden it was, you know, becoming aware of sort of the strength of my parents so that they wouldn't, so I wouldn't see them or perceive them as intruding or like taking over, or it was sort of like they're being kind because they're trying to help, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're being loving because they're, you know, they let go all, of their lives um, to be able to be there for my son and I. And all of a sudden, because I changed my perspective and because I became aware of their own strengths, not about like how they annoyed me, um, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden we were able to, to work as a team much more efficiently. And that was again, you know, very um, powerful. Yeah. Perspective taking. I think that that could also be applied when you're, when you're thinking about your children and sometimes their challenging behavior, right? We can often, I, I've talked about this before as well. We, we often want to squash the behavior because maybe it's just getting in the way of what we need to accomplish, or it's just mm -hmm. causing us stress or whatever that might be. But um, we have to sort of switch our perspective and say like, okay, why are they, well, let's look a little deeper into this behavior. And we may find a, we may find some strengths in there when we do that. Like, yeah. oh, they're, they're, you know, they're, um, you know, really, uh, they persevere, you know, they're not mm -hmm. giving up on what they want or whatever that might be, even though it might be a frustration for us. But if I think if we look at the perspective switch, like you did with your parents, we can also do that with our children and their behavior, which is, which is a powerful um, concept, because I think when we can see things from the different perspective, like you found that teamwork with your parents, then we can find a different sort of uh, energy mm -hmm. exchange between us and our children. Yes, totally. Yeah. So that's neat. So what other ways do you think parents and teachers can apply these concepts with, with their children? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's about finding those, those little exercises that we could do. So um, I mentioned, you know, writing a letter, for example. So let's say, you know, there's a fight between siblings or between classmates and um, you just have them sit down and write a letter and use their kindness and their love, um, you know, for, for somebody else. Um, that could be like one example of using the character strength and, and looking at that. For us, you know, in my house, we used a lot of the uh, strength of appreciation of beauty and excellence and the one of gratitude. And so I think that that's one that's easy to do anywhere with anyone. And that is basically sort of, you know, stopping. Sometimes I, I'll, we'll be on a walk with Thomas and I'll say, oh, stop. Did you hear this? This is like the bird. And then we would talk about the bird or try to see the bird in the trees. And then as we do this, we see like the sun and how it reflects on the leaves and we see the wind and what, you know, impact it has. And that all of a sudden becomes sort of a mindfulness. Yes, I was like just going to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Meditation. 
right? But we're sort of appreciating the present moment. We're appreciating what's around us. Um, we're also sort of gathering up all those positive emotions. And when we have those positive emotions in us, it really transforms the rest of our like time and day and like other moments that follow. Um, and so, um, you know, I'll do that. And then at nighttime before going to bed, um, we've done that. And that's the gratitude journal, which I think a lot of people have said, you know, do this, it will change your mind, your, your life um, and your mindset. And certainly for us, it has, and, you know, there's nothing big enough or small enough to be in the gratitude journal. And that's something so easy to do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, you know, not even like waiting for, for nightfall. It could be just like, Hey, look, you know, like I could feel the sunshine on my skin. It's like such a beautiful day. Um, and that's my gratitude moment just right there. Um, and there. And so <clears throat> it's, it's finding those little things and there are, exercises or different, you know, things that we could do for each of like the 24 character strength. And the beauty of that is that if it really like um, interests some of your um, audience, there's a lot of resources and certainly like the, the VIA Institute um, website would be the best place to start to get all of that. And there are a lot of um, positive psychologists that um, um, have written about sort of what can we do or how can we modify the classroom um, to basically make um, make our kids flourish. Mm, I, I love it. And I love those tips. And just as you were talking, I'm, I'm just thinking, just even listing the 24 different character strengths and making you know, our children aware of them and ourselves as well, as we learn this, but making the children aware of them, and then just sort of tuning in, you know, different times, like, oh, let's think of what's one way we can strengthen this character strength in another day, what's one way we can strengthen that and just adding the, to the conversation. And yeah. then, like you said, coming up with the little activities that go along with those different um, character strengths. That's yeah. um, really a, a great, great tip just opening up the conversation about it and that's like fantastic example of um where to start and I would even like add to that and sort of say you know like sometimes we have kids who will say like oh I can't do this it's too hard um and so if they are aware of their character strength sometimes it's having that conversation and saying well maybe it's too hard because you need to use a different character strength mm. you know usually using. So for example, for me, you know, um, my top five, the ones that I use, you know, most of the time are love, love of learning, kindness, appreciation, um, and, um, and gratitude. But sometimes, you know, like I need to persevere, mm. right? Or sometimes, so when a problem comes, you know, it's okay to sort of be kind to myself and say, Oh, that's okay. You know, it will go better tomorrow. But if I don't sort of like go with bravery or with perseverance, I may sort of, you know, decide not to continue to persevere in that problem or in that path. Um, and then you miss out, right? Versus yes. sort of like using other strengths. And so if they are aware of those character strengths, then it's easier when we have that conversation, when there is a challenge or a problem that they face that they have a difficulty with. 
Oh my gosh. I love it. And just made me think about my, my daughter. She's my youngest is seven. And she was just said to me yesterday, you know, I, I don't know who my teacher is going to be yet. And I'm, I'm really scared about starting school this year. And, um, you know, we were talking about finding her brave, you know, in there. And even though it's scary and it's new, but if you can find a little bit of your brave, you know, those first few days, then you're going to get to, you know, a more comfortable place where it's not going to feel so scary anymore. So we're having this conversation, but, um, it would have, you know, it, if, there, if you make your kids aware of these character strengths, then you're right. Those conversations can um, flow a lot more. And I bet the kids will start to come up with it on their own. Like, oh, this is my brave or my perseverance or whatever that I need to use. Um, I think that kids will be really could be really intuitive with that yeah. and and be able to come up with those eventually on their own if we if we encourage that. Yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah. So that's that's really neat. Well. If there's one tip that you could give somebody who might be struggling with big life challenges right now, what would be the one tip for them that you might give them to, that they could start to turn things around in, in their perspective? Yeah. It's funny because I, um, I knew that you were going to ask that question. I was like, what's the one tip that's hard. That's, that's really hard to hard. narrow down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and it's hard because the tip that I'm going to give is like, could see could be seen as something that's very very tiny um but it could have like such a huge like ripple effect and the tip is just breathe Mm -hmm. everything starts with a breath and so for me uh when I learned that and when I realized that it was sort of like oh yeah like breathing when you when you just breathe you give yourself time to pause you give yourself time to gather your thoughts, to recenter yourself. You, you, it gives you time and opportunity to find solid footing so that you could stand stronger, you know. Um, breathing also reminds you, like, you know, if you breathe, everybody breathes also. So we're, like, not alone. Everybody does it. So we're all, like, in, in similar storms, probably not in the same boat. Um, as we saw, you know, in the pandemic. Um, Mm. But that even if we're not alone, right, um, you could still come first. I mean, it breathing to me is the start of everything. And I and I remember, you know, going through like physio going through, um, you know, going back to work, or even like depression. And and I remember sort of going like, (sighs) and I would do that. And when I realized later on, as I was learning about positive psychology and mindfulness and I started meditation, oh my God, that was my way. My body knew that that's where it started. Um, Um, And um, yeah, that would be my tip. I love that you chose that of all things because breathing is the single thing that started me changing started me on this journey with mindfulness it's it's the one thing that I could hold on to the first part you know I got into doing a lot of yoga and meditation but breath work was the first thing that took hold of me to really change my life and so I I love that you you chose that as the tip because I think so many of the other tools we can't get to if we can't, if we don't start with the breath, 
we Thanks. have to start with the breath to, to use so many other tools, even this, even thinking about our character strengths, right? Yeah. If we're, we're in a moment of anxiety or frustration or depression or whatever, anger, um, we won't be able to think about those, those character strengths and what we need to do to get us through that moment. And if we don't hit that pause button with our breath. So that was a, a perfect, perfect tip. I, I love it. I know you have exciting news. You have a book coming out soon. So I'd love to hear about that and anything else you want to share with our listeners. Yeah. So I'm really exciting, uh, excited about that as well. Um, you know, it's basically a book where I, I talk um, about my accident and what it did and, and how I, I survived through that part of rehab in the first few years. Um, and then it gets to the darkness, um, you know, or acknowledges the darkness that came after after that, and the light where you know um, I I have lessons that I've learned basically, um, and that I feel like much stronger. So the book is a bit about that journey and how I got to those life lessons. So it's really meant to sort of like um, showcase like tips, like the ones you you just asked me, and that's actually. Um, one of the you know chapters of the book just breathe because I really did feel very strongly just like you do about sort of taking that pause and just like remembering that uh, you know just by breathing we we stop the motion and we could sort of like focus on something um, that's that's better and where we're going and so forth so so that's really exciting and in the meantime I I do. Um, attend speaking competitions. Um, so if people go on my Instagram account or my Facebook page, um, it's all about Ninja Marge. And that's really like my handles. And, and those, this handle was given to me right after my accident by a friend of mine who sort of said like, now you're going to be mighty strong. So you better have like a, a killer name. And mm -hmm. that's the name he gave me. I'm very grateful because it was inspiring when, when I didn't feel so much like a ninja. Mm -hmm. um, so if people go and check it out, um, it's, um, it's incredible. There's little speeches about like my life as a mom in a wheelchair and what that means and how, you know, we use sort of teamwork to work. Because I gave you an example of teamwork with my parents, but there's a teamwork, you know, with my son. And there's a little video about that as well. Um, and so I tried to share basically um, positivity and um, showcase basically that even parents with physical disability or all kinds of disabilities are amazing parents and we're all there to um, support our children the same way and so um, I wish that all of this you know leads to people not feeling or not being as judgmental about what it looks like when we parent from a wheelchair or from uh, you know, a cane or because we're blind or, or whatnot. Um, so those are like the, the two things that are very exciting for me to talk about. Well, thank you so much. I am going to link 
the your your handles um in the show notes so it's easy for people to find you and go click over and because that all sounds amazing and i can't wait for the book to come out and to really dive into that and and hear the whole story we we heard i mean what i heard today was already so inspiring so i'm sure the book is going to be amazing and i just want to thank you so much for being so open and sharing your story and taking the time to to be with me today it was really wonderful talking to you It was incredible. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me on my mission to spread peace and joy by introducing children and families to the power of yoga and mindfulness. I could not achieve this goal without all of you listening and trying these tips with the kids in your life. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please subscribe and leave me a review. If you would also suggest this podcast to parents and teachers, I would be so grateful. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Mindful Moments for Families and on Facebook at Kidding Around Yoga with Kelly. For more information on my offered programs, such as yoga classes for children and adults, workshops and professional development, and corporate chair yoga, visit my website at kiddingaroundyoga.com backslash Kelly. I'll see you all here on our next episode. But in the meantime, remember, take a deep breath.